Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with your daily VRA Investing Podcast. Uh, <clears throat> wow, this has been um, an interesting week, to say the least. You know, we get uh, this massive bull market, which we're just in the early innings of, in our view. And I think most people would probably agree. I think most people are bullish here for, for very good reasons. Economy's moving forward. Earnings are moving forward. We have a mountain of liquidity. Don't fight the Fed is... As, we, as we've said for a long time on these podcasts, we could probably start these podcasts and say, don't fight the Fed, $22 trillion in global stimulus, and just say, have a good day. That really has been all that's mattered since the Fed initiated quantitative easing, beginning first in 2009. And um, when they halt it, the markets go down. When they put it back on, the markets go up. It really hasn't been more complicated than that. And, yeah, that is the big reason we're bullish. But there's a lot more to it. As you know, we're we're not just bullish. We're extremely bullish. <clears throat> we think this is a, a very much a Goldilocks environment where the investors that have diamond hands are going to really make some serious money over the next uh, four or five years. I'm going to cover some of those important points in a minute. We just had this big shakeout. We think a, a capitulation. We stand by our call from last week on that. We think we have the evidence that, that clearly backs that up. Let's talk about the markets first. Dow Jones today finished off the highest by about 120 points. At one point, the Dow was up over 300 points. Uh, not a great smart money hour there, but that was the Dow. Everything else was, was really strong, held up well into the close. Again, Dow Jones up 188 points at 34,084. Uh, that was our loser on the day. Our winner on the day was just what you want to see if you're bearish, if you're bullish, which we are. NASDAQ up 1.77% of a big 236 points today at 13,535. Coming in second place was S&P 500 up just over a percent at 41.59. And finally, Russell 2000, which really struggled all day today, uh, and, and, uh, but then put on some, uh, a pretty good rally into the close, finishing up six-tenths of one percent today. And uh, also of note, uh, the VIX uh, fell 7% today, back down to just over 20. The 10-year just cannot get going. Everyone's calling for higher rates. Well, not everyone. We're not. Uh, the 10-year today, 1.63%. Still believe it goes below 1 before it, hits, before it breaks 2 to 2.5%. Two and a half percent. And I know we're a contrarian. It's a contrarian call there. But uh, look, <clears throat> yeah, the economy's strong. It's very strong. It, sh- it sh- certainly should be. With all the stimulus and all the, uh, the fiscal programs uh, that have, uh, you know, no one, uh, so many people not making rent payments, so many people not making mortgage payments, payroll protect, uh, protection plan, so much money was thrown at this economy and really directed at the people that needed it most. You know, uh, 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 individuals and small business owners were able to tap into these programs. But that is a sugar high. That, that it, it saved a lot of people, right? But those are wearing off now. 16 states are about to, next, beginning of next month, are going to, to stop the emergency unemployment benefits uh, because of the pandemic. That happens next, about a month from now, as a matter of fact, three weeks, actually. And uh, so you're going to see a lot of these things start to come off. And we're going to find out exactly how, this, how strong this economy really is. I think there's going to be more QE. There's going to be more stimulus. We've got the infrastructure bill coming. I do not think we're going to get a big tax hikes. Uh, again, I, I, this is probably all best for another call where we get into some, some politics. I'll just tell you the truth. I think Joe Biden's going to wind up being a whole lot more like Bill Clinton 
than Barack Obama when all is said and done. Because unless Democrats had found a way to rig congressional elections as well, just like they they rigged the, uh, the the, the presidential election last year, along with our uh, intelligence community, deep state, et cetera, unless Democrats have found, and their, and their partners in crime, have found a way to rig congressional elections, I think next year is going to be a wipeout, just an absolute wipeout for Democrats, and that uh, we'll have Biden by himself with the, both the Senate and the House be back in the hands of Republicans. Folks, that, that is the, that is the uh, Bill Clinton setup. That's exactly the setup. And he was an extremely successful president. Matter of fact, the stock market averaged something like 24% gains a year when Bill Clinton was president over his eight years. So uh, like him or not, as a, as a human being, uh, you know, uh, he managed to, uh, to, to pull off some pretty good things economically. So, again, that's, that's just a, a personal uh, viewpoint of mine. But I, I follow politics since I was in high school pretty closely, actively engaged in it, have a pretty decent feel for it, I think. And uh, that is my call there. It's one of the reasons that I am so bullish, uh, both on the economy and the uh, stock market going forward. But I, wanna, I do want to cover some important points because, again, if you're joining us last week, we called, Tyler and I both called this a capitulation in tech and in growth, just when everybody was getting bearish. Hedge funds got really bearish on tech. They sold their tech positions and growth and went short. Remember we reported this last week? Money managers, same thing. Uh, in a hurry, in a hurry, right? We're, we're days away from all-time highs, and here comes all these sell, all the selling pressure as investors got nervous because, again, they, they bought into the uh, kind of the common story, uh, propaganda, if you will, that interest rates were going to spike higher and that inflation was not going to be transitory and it was going to continue higher. Look, inflation is here to stay. There's no question about that. But we still are so far away from where we were back if 95 to 2000, when interest rates averaged 5% during the best bull market in the history of NASDAQ. And, and, and I do believe as the economy begins to uh, sugar high wears off, we're going to see a lot of this inflation will be transitory. It's never been reported, honestly. The CPI was never 2%. We all know this. Uh, so, you know, they, they seem to want to have it both ways in how they uh, refer to inflation. But at the end of the day, this is we are in the again the birth of a new bull market, and we see a few other people making this point, but it's an important point. We've been long-term uh, believers and investors in Bitcoin. Uh, Tyler loves Ether as well. Uh, we're going to start talking about that a whole lot more. Uh, but but Bitcoin's our our only official cryptocurrency position right now. But what's most significant? is that for the last four years, there's really been nothing that's been more highly correlated to a risk-on, risk-off trade, risk-on, risk-off environment than Bitcoin to stocks. Bitcoin has led equities higher and lower, and it's done it for four years, and it leads by like a couple weeks. It's, it's a little, it's a, it's a little uh, Twilight Zone-ish, the way this has happened, and it just happened again. You know, Bitcoin topped out, in early April, was that a month and a half ago, call it, uh, at 65,000. Well, yesterday on the, on the heels of uh, uh, China supposedly banning Bitcoin, they actually haven't done that, by the way. It, that's been falsely reported pretty much everywhere. Uh, but Bitcoin uh, hit a, 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 it capitulated as well yesterday 
right at 30,000, 30,200 was the low. So from, uh, from 65,000 to 30,000 to drop over 50% is actually is even one of the biggest declines that Bitcoin has had. But obviously, it's a significant decline in a short period of time. But the key point we're trying to make here is that also we had capitulation in Bitcoin at 30,000. Of course, it's back over 41,000 now. And it, that does look like, like, a, like a capitulation trade to us. Last week, we saw capitulation in NASDAQ, in the Qs, and the semis on the same day last week. I believe it was last Thursday. We, 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 we pointed that out here. And again, that's just when everybody had gotten so aggressively bearish on tech. And it did it right at the bottom. How often do we see that? We see it all the time, folks. And it really scares people to death when they, when they see, you know, quote unquote, smart money. You know, the big money, the hedge funds, the money managers, you know, the, 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 the talking heads on, on CNBC and Bloomberg saying it, the game is over for tech. Growth is done. Inflation and higher rates are going to kill it. And it was just a simple rotation. That's all that's all that it was, was a simple rotation because tech got extreme overbought, just like Bitcoin got extreme overbought. So that's what we try to stay focused on here. The, the bigger picture issues, again, brand new bull market. We, we like to focus on moving averages. We like to focus on uh, uh, momentum oscillators because these are high probability setups here. And that's what we think has just happened here. Again, I want to cover some points that because we just don't hear – we don't hear many people talking about this. And uh, this has been our view for some time, so bear with me if you've heard us before. But uh, we put this out again to our folks again this morning. Again, this, this, this looks like <clears throat> almost certainly capitulation both in Bitcoin – and in equities. But this is a new bull market, right? We're in the second year of a new bull market. They averaged many, many, many years, as you know. The last bull market lasted 11 years. How long will this last? I don't know. We've got to figure at least five years about the average. Uh, we're in year two. So we've got time there. We believe years, as a matter of fact. And we continue to say that when you have a dip, they are to be bought. It is mandatory that you buy dips. Otherwise, you'll just keep paying up for stock prices. You know, you got to buy low and sell high. You can only buy low when the market gives you that opportunity in your favorite stocks, ETFs, etc. Uh, this bull market is driven by massive liquidity. Again, $22 trillion just so far in global fiscal monetary stimulus. And we have a surging U.S. and global economy. The Fed still has $120 billion a month in QE. Now everyone's talking about the Fed tapering. At some point, of course, they're going to taper. When's that going to be? Who knows? We don't know. Uh, not until next year. It won't happen this year. Again, I hate to say take it to the bank, take it to the bank. The Fed's going to keep $120 billion a month in QE purchases and, and uh, debt purchases into next year. Even when they taper, that doesn't mean they're going to stop it altogether. I doubt they will. What will they drop from? $120 billion a month to, I don't know, 100 80 <laughs> That's still a ton, of, uh, a, a ton of quantitative easing every year. It's a trillion dollars in QE a year right there even if they cut it back to below 100, so 100 billion a month. And the, the, another really important point, again, I hate to keep saying it's an important point, but it kind of is. History tells us that even when the Fed begins to hike rates, and folks, we're talking 2023 now, right? 2023 before they even start hiking rates at the soonest, the markets continue to move higher through at least the first three rate hikes. So if we're looking even at the most conservative of pictures there, again, based on history, based on probabilities, based on the way markets <clears throat> tend to move, 
with the Fed and quantitative easing, you don't bite the Fed. But you're looking at what, 2024, before this is a real concern? We don't hear this being talked about in the media. We think that's a big mistake. People are really on the edge about the Fed for no reason whatsoever. Something else that we don't hear people talking about that we think is a major, major reason to be bullish, and that's millennials and the public. Look, millennials really get, we talk about this a lot here, but they, they really get the short straw. You know, they, everyone loves to attack them and says, they, you know, they still live in their parents' basement and they're lazy and whatever. And of course, that's just, nothing could be further from the truth. These are really, really bright people, hardworking, industrious. They get it. They know how to do the research. They make good monetary decisions, much better than my generation did when we were their age. And right now, millennials are in love with real estate with equities, with investing, period. And we have cryptocurrencies to thank for that. Cryptocurrencies told millennials, taught millennials that, you know what? We can make money in the markets. It doesn't have to be like our parents, 2008 financial crisis where, you know, so many parents lost everything, including their homes, right? Millennials saw that. That's a painful memory to grow up with in so many cases or to, or to live through personally, and uh, but 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 when they saw what was happening in the world of, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and then they started investing in them, and started making money from them, and they started seeing their friends do the same. They fell back in love with the concept of investing and making your money work for you, All right? And now they're falling in love with stocks, folks. This is a long-term cycle. It's a long-term trend. Again, that not enough people, in our opinion, are giving enough credence to. Again, something else no one's talking about, really. Millennials are in the process right now of inheriting $70 trillion. It's already started. Where are they going to invest that money? It's going back into stocks. It's going into real estate. It's going into cryptos. And folks, millennials actually have diamond hands. They are long-term investors because they understand that concept of, of what it means to be a long-term investor and the profits that come from, from it, especially with capital gains taxes now becoming more of an issue as well with Democrats in control. So... We think these are massively underreported and hyper-important short, medium, and long-term investment themes, and we're going to continue talking about them here because that's how we're positioned, and that's why we're positioned the way we are. By the way, investment sentiment just got way too bearish. Fear and Greed Index dropped all the way down to a 30 yesterday. Happened in nine, nine trading days away from all-time high, and just uh, less than 4% from all-time highs for the Dow Jones and SP 500, and, and, and the Fear and Greed Index hit 30 so that, this is not the sign of a market top. It just is not. The sign of a market top is when the market starts to fall and investor sentiment barely budges because everyone says, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. That's not happening. It's still not happening yet. Some of us feel that way. Frankly, the public is still, they're like a cat on a hot tin roof. Hard to blame them with coronavirus insanity. Hard to blame them with a rigged election. Hard to blame them with the, the loss of our economy. This is crazy. It's just every, it seems like every year something big happens. So it's, it's, it's certainly human nature uh, to, to, get, to get anxious and to get bearish quickly. <clears throat> but <clears throat> our view has been for some time also that this is just a big psyop. It really is the big bribe. You know, uh, 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 making sure the markets keep going higher with all of this easy money policy, stimulus, QE, et cetera, to make us forget about coronavirus insanity and the lies surrounding it about the stolen election and, of course, ongoing theft of our constitutional rights. Uh, so we think that big bribe continues and uh, that, uh, again, those, those are just a few of the reasons that we've remained bullish and uh, that we do, again, believe 
that we've had a, a capitulation over the last week, both in growth in tech and in Bitcoin. And uh, as Tyler focused on this morning in our VRA update, you know, we've got this is not just a U.S. story. You know, the DAX just hit an all-time high. Germany's DAX, the most important European market, largest economy in Europe, most important economy in Europe. Germany's DAX just hit an all-time high. Same thing, Russia, highest prices since 2011 this week. France, just off all-time highs this week. Uh, Euro top 50, Euro uh, uh, stock six, uh, 650, all-time highs again, just in the last week or so. It's a global market of size and scope, and dips must be bought. Okay, let's take a look at our uh, uh, internals today. Uh, these were good readings today, but I'll be honest with you, they weren't great readings. I think that's probably going to change here. We may have a little bit of back and forth uh, action here, but uh, these, were, these, were, these were solid. They, I just thought they might be a little better. But here we go. NASDAQ, <clears throat> basically uh, almost almost 3 to 1 positive advanced decline. Again, we saw capitulation last week. The, the readings have only gotten better and better. And we also saw today in volume for NASDAQ, uh, what was that? Let me just quick math here. Apologies for this. I want to get this right. Uh, 75% up, up volume day in NASDAQ today. That's very solid, actually. As far as the NYSE goes, two to one positive advanced decline and uh, uh, not even one and a half to one positive NYSE. But again, these are good readings. Uh, new 52-week highs lows came in right at about 200. Uh, a new 52-week highs to just 62 new 52-week lows. And our sector watch today, uh, we had, um, apologies, I actually got to refresh here. In our sector watch today, we have our 11 S&P 500 sectors. It was a very good day today. We had 10 finished higher, one finished lower. Uh, the technology led the way up 1.9%. Communication services up 1.7%. Again, solid gains across the board. Only energy was lower and just fractionally so down just one-tenth of one percent. Even with oil having a weekday today, oil down $1.47 a barrel, closing at $61.88. Other commodity watch today, gold today, a little bit soft, but it's had a nice run here. Gold down $3 an ounce at $18.77. Silver down $0.15 cents an ounce at $27.82. Copper down $0.04 cents an ounce at $4.53. Note there, copper last week hit extreme overbought across the board. We call it extreme overbought on steroids. Because everything about copper was extreme overbought, that's now working its way off. Copper is now pulled back to 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 where it was before when it broke out to all time highs, right at this level, four dollars fifty three cents a pound, right in this area, and uh, this is probably a very good supporting point for copper. We like this group very much. Uh, again, oil down a dollar forty seven at sixty one eighty eight, and finally, our cryptocurrency watch today, uh, Bitcoin again capitulation shakeout. We believe. Right now, up 1,081 at uh, 40,411. And uh, Ether, Ethereum, up 222 to 28.21. Uh, we, we like Ether as well. Folks, as always, appreciate you joining us. Come join us full-time at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.